Rupee, what is this behavior? By Sia Manga. Name another diaspora poet who has 4 million Instagram followers. I know this sounds cheesy, but I reckon I can chart the beginnings of my journey with reading and writing poetry to 2015, when I saw the name Gor, a surname given to Sikh women, meaning lioness, signifying the equality of the sexes in the faith, in the poetry section in Big Foils in London. Despite being a Sikh whose parents did not give me the name Gore at birth, I was still struck by the fact of seeing a name I had never heard outside the context of my community in such a big, mainstream space. I bought milk and honey and took it home to read, thinking I was somehow close to this faceless Punjabi poet than the blonde girls I knew who were buying it from Urban Outfitters for the illustrations. By 2017, Milk and Honey had sold 2.5 million copies. And across the internet, headlines were popping up about Insta poets making sales of poetry books skyrocket. But at the age of 14, I wasn't exactly keeping tabs on NYT bestsellers list, so I was barely aware of the waves it was making. To be honest, I didn't really think it was that good. Poems like, she was music, but he had his ears cut off, weren't particularly appealing to me, even in my Tumblr aesthetic blog heyday. But I kept the book for its having Gore's name on the cover and because of its feminist leanings while I was slowly learning what intersectional and internalised sexism meant. I barely thought about Gore's poetry after I finished her book. That was, at least, until BuzzFeed News published an article by Chiara Giovanni titled The Problem with Rupi Gore's Poetry. Giovanni points out Gore's signature lowercase style, citing the poet's personal website, saying that she uses this for its similarity with Grimoki script. Within the Grimoki script, there are no uppercase or lowercase letters. The letters are treated the same. I enjoy the simplicity. It's symmetrical and straightforward. Yet in a 2015 Hello Giggles interview, Gore omits any mention of her Punjabi heritage when asked about this choice, instead stating her love of branding, visual experience and symmetry. Giovanni writes that this quote, watered down version of her FAQ pages explanation is, quote, one designed specifically with a white audience in mind, after all, a love of symmetry is easier to identify with than a loyalty to a specific South Asian script. Giovanni also takes particular issue with Gora's work being universal and therefore marketable on platforms such as Instagram, where audiences split between millennial white women and South Asian readers. Quote, to her Western metropolitan audience, she is a patron saint of outbreak, whilst to her marginal readers, she is a representation of their desire for a diversity in the literary world despite rarely touching upon race in their work. Reading Giovanni's critique felt like a revelation to me, particularly considering how odd I'd felt knowing that this book with references to words that are very much loaded in South Asian communities, for example, honour, was being heralded by white women everywhere, who would never acknowledge that. After all, I too fell for the allure of Gora's marketing strategy, whether intentional or not. Back in 2015, thinking I'd see myself in a collection that manages to simultaneously avoid alienating white women with its Instagrammable illustrations and lines about heartbreak. It's been about five years since I first discovered Gore, and my relationship with poetry has progressed considerably. I'm lucky enough to still have reading, writing and speaking with other poets as a significant part of my life. I'd almost forgotten about Gore until last winter, when an image of her promoting her newest collection popped up on my Twitter feed. Many of the promotional images for Homebody use Gora's naked body, posing with or holding the book itself, perhaps in reference to her work's themes of female pleasure or vulnerability, or her statement that writing is the, quote, most honest act of living. This time, I was most struck by an image which centred her gora. 
in this visible symbol of her secret heritage is one item that I too wear on my wrist. Felt like seeing gold on the spine of a book again. I downloaded Homebody, trying to read it with a different frame of mind. Maybe this time I could reframe her spa style into something like sapphire fragments? I was pleasantly surprised to see that Gora seemed to have resolved Giovanni's issue with her acting as a mouthpiece for South Asian women without ever explicitly referring to them for fear of alienating white readers. This poem is called Never Forget 1984. I have a very complicated relationship with the country I was born in. Our men were slaughtered in those streets. Our women were raped while thousands were tortured and disappeared by police. The Indian state denies what they did but no amount of yoga or Bollywood can make us forget the Sikh genocide they orchestrated. Seeing an explicit reference to the 1984 Sikh genocide in a book that will inevitably have a significant reach in the West feels hugely significant to me, since most of my white friends are barely aware that it happened. The poem opposite is less explicit, but is followed by a drawing of turbaned men and boys, as if to cut out any ambiguity as to who God is referring to. And in the print or digital edition is in the blood, you can see I've included a screenshot. Perhaps this section is made less impactful by its brief and arguably episodic nature, but it still felt promising to me. It is followed by undoing. By virtue of living in a racist world, non-black people are raised to be anti-black. We are all taught that a lighter is better. On page 161, we see the statement, untitled, I am not interested in a feminism that excludes trans women. And on page 165, titled Amplify Indigenous, Trans, Black, Brown, Women of Colour Voices. Look for the women in the room who have less space than you. Listen, hear them and act on what they're saying. This is not to say that I disagree with the sentiment of any of these statements, but honestly reading them, I couldn't help but think, what is this behaviour? All of a sudden, Gore's poetry seems to have taken on the tone of those pastel Instagram graphics everyone's reposting to their stories whenever something big happens. I could feel my inner English student threatening my inner diaspora poet asking how these simple statements of fact could be considered quote-unquote poetry. I don't know if you're familiar with the Indian TV show Big Boss. It's a Hindi version of Big Brother and one of its most famous or infamous moments was when Buddha missed her broke a broom in the kitchen to vent out her frustration and her castmate shouted, Buddha, what is this behaviour? Google it. I wanted to call this why I'm allowed to shit on Rupi Kaur and you aren't, but I had a weird experience that made me reconsider. I was at uni walking to the library with headphones in one afternoon when I heard strange shouts, so I turned and saw a group of posh white boys and a brown, presumably South Asian girl, in the streets together. The white boys were yelling the Buja, what is this behaviour dialogue in this genuinely horrible posh boy Indian accent hybrid, and the brown girl was laughing along with them. Obviously, I don't know her or her relationship with them, but seeing that tableau of a brown person using their culture or, or something with cultural proximity to them as a comedic means of gaining validation from white people is definitely something I'm familiar with and I don't want this to turn into that. A while ago I'd mentioned I wanted to use some of theory texts we looked at in class to examine milk and honey for a critical language essay and naturally people started bringing up anecdotes of their non-English student mates being complete idiots for loving her work. That sort of reaction has left a tiny sour taste in my mouth. It's almost like when you can get so close to someone that you can insult or criticise them because you want them to do better but if someone else uses those same words, it feels strange and wrong. I don't think Gore is necessarily the next plath, and I feel like as a South Asian and as a woman and as a writer, I probably expect more from her than I should. But at the same time, I don't think it's fair to simply label Gore bad and refuse to engage with her work on the basis of its being diaspora or insta-poetry or sold in odd narratives.